You're listening to the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, with Valerie Koo and Allison Tate. Valerie is an author, journalist, and national director of the Australian Writers Centre, which is one of the world's leading providers of online and classroom courses for people who want to get published and write with confidence. Alison Tate is a freelance writer, blogger, and author of the best-selling series, The Mapmaker Chronicles. She has more than 20 years' professional writing experience. Each week, they explore the world of writing, publishing, and blogging to bring you news and opportunities, advice on how to succeed in the world of writing, interviews with top writers, and much more. With students enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Australian Writer Centre at writercentre.com.au. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 185 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo, and here on this mini-sode with me is Alison Tate. How are you, Al? Uh, I'm okay, Val. I, I can manage okay. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm still in school holidays. You know, my life is pretty much what it was last time we spoke. <laughs> I don't really have an awful lot to, um, to actually report, um, but, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, <laughs> this is a mini-sode, which is what we drop between our regular programming. And then, as the name suggests, it's mini, and it's where we answer some listener questions and also have our mini interviews. Now, if you have a listener question for us, then all you need to do is email the question to us, podcast at writercentre.com.au. That's podcast at writercentre.com.au. But in the meantime, we have a sh- shout-out for are you ready for this? The name is Smush Banana. Oh. I like that, actually. Smush, Smush Banana. That's, oh, that's you don't like, like, you hate banana. Oh, that is like my worst nightmare, okay, Smush well. Banana. I think, mm. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure Smush Banana is lovely, but it just, like, I, I, I think that's one of the reasons that I don't like bananas is because I, I suspect Ooh. I had smushy ones, you know, in my school lunches or something. Weird. There's nothing wrong with bananas. But anyway, Smush Banana <laughs> on iTunes has left us a five-star review and also this review. This is my go-to podcast when I want advice on my writing. So You Want to Be a Writer makes me feel like I'm being productive and working towards my writing career goals, even when I'm on the way to my unrelated to writing day job or just hanging out the washing. Val and Al have taught me so much about the writing world and particularly the Australian market by directing my attention to interesting authors useful writing courses and the latest industry news. I now have a much broader and more concrete understanding of the writing industry and the steps I can take to achieve success within it. More importantly, Val and Al cultivate a really strong sense of community for their listeners, many of whom are aspiring authors like myself. They make everyone feel like their writing matters with constant encouragement as well as realistic advice and answers to listener questions on everything from the different steps in the editing process to whether or not you should take a pen name. Thanks for keeping me company on the writing journey, Val and Al. Oh, you're very welcome. We're very happy to be along for the ride. Oh, if that doesn't make you love Smush Banana, I don't know what will. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for the review. And if any other listeners have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Now, we have one listener question, one mini interview this week. So our listener question has... uh, comes to us and it is uh, it's quite an interesting question okay so it's about a YA novel 
And it's uh, the questioner says, I have a question for you about a YA novel I've been working on for about 12 months, my first novel. I did the creative writing stage one course at the Australian Writers' Centre early last year and loved it. It gave me the tools and drive to launch myself into writing a story that has been simmering away in my mind for many years. And... Um, they've written 60,000 words and feel like it should be coming to the point where I write the climax and tie the whole thing together. However, the events that I thought might be the climax of my story feel like they are only a stepping stone in my protagonist's journey. The way it is feeling is that I am perhaps in the middle of her journey, the middle of the story, and I am still far, far away from the climax. It's a little disheartening. I have to pull back the fervor. Don't want an unfinished manuscript. Um, What I really want to do is start back at the beginning and work on the structure of the story, as there is very little at the moment, literally pages of pages of text with no distinct chapter breaks. Um, I'll do this in the hope that some new elements of the story will present themselves, give me paths or clues to find a climax. Now... And it just goes on a little bit, but but basically the point is what do we do here? Okay, so there's no name on this story, so, um, you know, we're going to have to address no name on, uh, on this Let question. Let me find rather. the name. That is, is there a name? I, I do like a name. Yes. I like to talk to people. You, 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 uh, let me see. I think the name okay. is oh, Michelle. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. I'm sorry about that. And thank you so much for your question. Yes. So I just have one thing to say, Michelle, at this point. I mm. do believe that you have started your story in the wrong place. And what I mean by that is I think that you have done what I do all the time, which is that you have written your way into the story. So which is this is often still good. Sorry? Which is still good. Oh, it's awesome. That, yeah, it's a great process. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just a different way of going about things to the way that, um, you know, we might in an, in, a, in an idealized world we might have done because what happens is we write a first draft and we think that we've started at the start and we, we, we're going to work our way through to the end and we're going to write the perfect story and that's going to be that. Um, yes. Now, what we learn when we write many, many stories is that this is never, ever the case unless, of course, um, you are someone who does plot every single scene, um, then it may be possible that you do not waste a lot of words like some of us who write um, like this do. Um, But the fact is that you've written your way into the story. And what I mean by that is that you've started with an idea and that's fantastic and you've started writing and you've got 60,000 words and probably what you know now is your character very, very well. You have a really, really clear idea and understanding of what that person is. You, you know what her story is because you're telling me that you're only halfway through it. So you know that, that there's more of this story to come and that is fantastic. What I feel you've done probably is started the story in the wrong spot. So when I go to do author talks with kids um, about sort of um, stories and story structure, one of the keys that I talk to them about is starting in the right place. And when I say that, I mean that they have to start their story on the day that is different. So you can write a whole lot of story that shows your character, where they've come from, how they relate to other people, what their basic history is. What a lot of this stuff is that you're writing is called backstory. And backstory is really, really important for the author because it's very important for you to understand where the stories come from, what what the days are like normally for your character. From a reader's perspective, 
perspective, though, we, the reader doesn't need all of this information before they start the story. What you want to basically do is start the story on the day that's different and then you drop feed, sort of drip feed, drop feed, similar, um, drip feed some of the information that you know from your backstory into the story as it unfolds. So we don't need the whole setup before the story starts. We start the story and then we explain the setup as we go through. So what I would suggest you do, like I know that you feel like like you, you've got obviously got a word count in your mind, like YA stories mm. are X number of words long. And this happens, you know, a lot. Um, so you're at the 60,000 word mark. I would suggest that you keep – I would actually suggest at this point, given that you're this far into your first draft – that you write the story from this point to where you think it needs to go. So, yep. you know, you, you're saying here that, you know, you feel like this, the, you know, the events that you thought might be the climax are just a stepping stone. You feel like you're in the middle of a journey and you're far away from the climax. That's okay. Write the rest of the story. Get to the climax. Then what you need to do is have a look at your entire manuscript, which may at that point be 100,000 words, yep. may be 120,000 words. And that's when you really look strongly at your structure and you look at have I started in the right place? And you might find, like, I, I I talk regularly here about the fact that I often, in the second draft, lop three to five thousand words off the start of my story, and that's in a fifty-five thousand word story. So you know, like, and I I'm not someone. If anything, I tend to underwrite. I have to go back and add in more words. So for me to take five thousand words out means I've then probably got to write ten thousand more words to get to the story to where it needs to be. So mm. it's it's a matter of getting the whole draft on page. If you think you've done the stepping stone and you're in the middle of the story, that is fantastic. Now you need to go forward to where you think the story needs to go. And then what you do is you go back to the start once you've got an entire story arc in your mind, once you've written the whole entire thing and you edit it at that point. If yeah. you go back now to the beginning, you might oh. be working on the start of a story that is actually not the start of the story. So finish writing, you know, from this point um, and then have a look at the at the overall story and work out whether you've started in the right place. And it's really important. I mean, everybody it start we we focus on an opening line and getting the opening line right and mm. all that sort of stuff. But the particularly when you're an aspiring author, you, you're like, I've got to get this opening right. But in actual fact, you might find that the real story starts in chapter three. And yeah. the, the, those first two chapters need to go and that the information can, that's the vital information that's contained in those two chapters goes into the story elsewhere and all of the rest is character study or, you know, backstory or history, stuff that you need to know but the reader doesn't need to know. Yeah. And I think that's perfect advice because I also think that a lot of people think, well, you know, why should I write 150 or 120 or whatever thousand words if I'm actually only aiming for 65,000? And the thing is they think that that's a waste of time and they think that they've failed. But the reality is those 150,000 words had to come out in order for you to find the 60,000 words in the end. That you need, exactly. Mm. It's, so, and, and it's it, they're not wasted because... Because what you're learning, what you're learning here, this is your first ever attempt at a, at a novel. So what mm. you're learning here is 
all of the things that you're doing at the moment are things that you probably won't do next time you write a book. This is all about craft and process. You need to learn how you go about writing a book and then you will know next time you'll be like, oh, last time I started in the wrong spot. This is the actual story. So you do get better at it every time, she says, having lopped off the first chapter of every book she's ever written. Um, (laughs) But you do... You do get better at it as you go along. Um, so it's it is it is something that it, it's a lot of words to learn to manage, and you will always, always, always have too many the first time around. Always. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the telling thing, um, Michelle, is where you said the way it is feeling is that I am perhaps in the middle of her journey, the middle of the story, and I'm still far, far away from the climax. Yeah. You know, in your gut that something's not quite right and you know in your gut that perhaps this should be the start of the story or this should be this part of the story, this should be this part of the story. So trust that gut is what I suggest and I absolutely agree with Al in that you should just keep on writing. Don't try and go back now, get that first draft out, even if that first draft is 150,000 words and then you have to chop stuff off, that is going to do wonders for your story. Absolutely. And, I, and don't be disheartened. Like, look at what an yeah. like. Look how far into this you are. Look yeah. what an amazing journey you've had so far. 60, you've got 000. these words. The chances of you writing sixty thousand more words to get to the end are small because you've learned a lot from getting to this point. So now you want to think about how you're going to put the rest of it together as you go forward. So you, you're learning every every word you put down on that paper. Every sort of chapter that you go through is going to teach you how you know how you writing a, how you write a story. So it's a matter of teasing out that main story and getting that down and then and then redrafting. And you, you know what? You might redraft this thing three or four times before you're even at a point where you want to show it to somebody. But yeah. every single stage of the pro of the journey is is a step forward. Every single yeah. stage. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. You know, good on you. And I'm so thrilled that the course, the creative writing course at the Australian Writers' Centre gave you that kickstart and the tools to drive yourself into writing this story and getting to 60,000 words. Well done for that. All right, let's move on to our mini interview this week and it is with the gorgeous and talented Shelley Unwin. Now, I had the pleasure and honour and privilege of launching Shelley's book recently. That is her Your Five series published by Alan and Unwin and it consists of the books. Uh, They're a series of children's picture books and they are Your One, Your Two, Your Three, Your Four and Your Five. And she is... um, she has really launched herself into this new career. She has really stuck with it. Um, she's got more books out coming out. She's already got a couple of different publishers that have um, uh, get, um, organized book deals with her and they're coming out next year in 2018 and there are um, even more in the pipeline. So I'm so excited about that. Uh, so here is our chat with Shelley Unwin. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's lovely to be here. Now, Shelley, you've launched your first book. In fact, it's not only just one book, it's a series of books. (laughs) Can you tell us, uh, for readers who haven't discovered um, your picture book series yet, what it's about? Yeah, so it's a book of um, 
five books all about age and number. So they are your one, your two, your three, your four, and your five. Um, so book one, your one, is all about talking to the one-year-old and all the wonderful things in their world that uh, are uh, that come in the number one, and your two all about the things that come in number two. Um, so it and it builds. It starts really, really close and egocentric and deliciously about one tummy to tickle, one head to shake, and one little mouth for eating cake. And then it develops into sort of broader concepts as the age gets older. So by five, we look at five oceans and five vowels and um, bigger, bigger ideas for them to get their head around. Um, and it's all written in rhyme, which is kind of beautiful to read too. It's such a great series. Now, it uh, I, I just think they're beautiful and I just think they're so clever and they're so great to read. What um, This is your first published series of picture books yeah. or, or yeah. mini books. Tell me, what did you do before? What was your uh, profession before you discovered the world of writing? Yes, well, so um, at university I trained to be a teacher um, and then I travelled out to Australia and unfortunately couldn't stay teaching because I hadn't got enough years of experience um, to be sponsored as a teacher. Um, so I, because I was so keen to stay living here, um, I went into sales and into a recruitment role. Um, and I was in recruitment for about eight years, I think, um, before I then uh, had the children and settled down um, and became a stay-at-home mum. And then when did you think, oh, I might try my hand at writing? Yeah, it was um, – so I had loved um, the aspect of, of reading children's literature whilst I was training to teach, but it was reading to my children um, at night. And actually, I read to them in utero. I was so keen to get going um, wow. with my Beatrix Potter. And, <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, – and but my, my daughter, my, so my eldest child, was about three when the idea hit me that I wanted to have a go at writing. And I was reading a, um, a beautiful little book about Nincy Wincy Spider – and I suddenly went, oh, this is it. This is what I want to do. And my conviction was so absolute. It was incredible, really. And my dad was out from the UK at the time. And I sort of raced downstairs to say to him, Dad, I know what I want to do. I want to be a writer. And he went, oh, yes, I've got a few ideas. <laughs> and he'd never, he'd never mentioned to me that he'd written a few ideas before. So it was really intriguing to know that it obviously is a little bit in the family. Yes. But, yeah. Now, now you say that you had, when you had that light bulb moment, you had that real conviction that you knew that this was what you wanted to do. Had you not any had any hints or or any inkling before that or oh, interest? There, no, there really wasn't. I mean, I obviously did. I've always been very dedicated to reading to the kids and um, fondest childhood memories are my dad reading with um, funny voices as we went through all the Enid Blyton series and and those sort of books so um, children's book I was fond of them but I hadn't at school my school report you know in English they used to say um, needs to elaborate and um, develop her language and things so there was no <laughs> inkling, there was no inkling early on that this was something that I was going to do it really was sort of a yeah, a light bulb moment out of the blue. Although I had had a job, a corporate job, um, doing environmental consulting where I'd had to write some documentation and I had really enjoyed uh, playing with the words and tweaking things. Um, so that was perhaps my first insight into into the idea that I might like to play with words. But, um, yeah, no, it, was, it really was a bit of a bolt from the blue. So after this bolt from the blue and you had this conviction, this is what I want to do, 
did you, you know, these things can pass, you know, these inspired ideas. Yes. What, what happened after that? Did that conviction really stay with you and, and did you then decide I'm going to do whatever I can to make this happen? How yeah. did it all roll out? Yeah, that? no, I, um, I, I knew that I didn't know enough to really give it a good go without starting to educate myself. So um, as well as obviously borrowing widely from the library, um, I enrolled in a course actually at your uh, writer's centre, the Australian Writer's Centre, um, and did the, the writing picture books course, which was just such an amazing experience and gave me such a solid foundation. And there was enough feedback from that course, sort of from the tutor and the other um, people on the course to make me think that I might have something. Mm. Um, so that was enough to sort of motivate me to keep keep going. And um, and look, at, honestly, it became an absolute obsession. Really? <laughs> Very quickly. It was all I could think about. And a friend who'd sort of um, inspired me at the beginning went, oh, I'm not sure I should have encouraged you because we've never had lunch again since. <laughs> <laughs> And it's true because the children were, you know, limited time frame in um, preschool at the time. And so the minute I dropped them, I would grab a coffee and race back to my laptop and chain myself to my desk and work at it as if it was any other sort of business. You know, as it, I'd put as much into it as if I was running a business that was already earning money and, you know, um, and I was accountable for my hours. So I, I really did throw myself at it um, with complete conviction. And I've... And I never really wavered. I did sort of wonder whether I should be telling people that I was writing in case it never came to anything and that I'd end yes. up with egg on my face that I'd put all this time into something that came to nothing. But <laughs> I needed to, to own it. I needed, And also I was so excited. I wanted to tell people. Yes. Um, and so I did. And I think that also helps because then you kind of get like, there's no way back now. I've said that this is what I'm doing and so yes. I'm going to make it work. And, um, and I just love it. I really do. That there isn't a day that I don't enjoy being at my computer playing with words. Wow. Now, when you say you change yourself to the desk and you didn't yes. see your girlfriends for lunch anymore, what did you, because it takes a while to get published, right? So yeah, when yeah. you did chain yourself to the desk in your first throes of excitement when you've discovered this world, what did you actually do? What were you actually writing? What, what were you doing? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so, um, so working on picture book manuscripts. Um, I also write um, young adult as well, although I'm still in the development phase of that. I'm not ready to submit anything, and that um, obviously word count and the time frame that goes into that is fairly huge. But yeah. with my with my picture books, I you know I have quite a few on the go at any given time, and so I just dip into whichever one I'm feeling inspired by. And and play with it and tweak it and read it out loud to myself to see if the if the rhythm's flowing and the words are right and see what I can do to to make it better. But also, um, I'm part of a couple of critique groups, one in particular that's focused on picture books, and so I'm also at that time was really heavily involved in critiquing other people's work, mm. um, which was such a learning curve and also made me realize a lot about myself and my own writing. So I developed um, a lot because of, of looking critically at other people's um, work. So, you know, I, the day would involve looking at other people's work. And I also joined um, a forum where you had to submit a manuscript every month and you got mm -hmm. feedback um, for that. So there was um, deadlines there that, that helped sort of make you 
make a manuscript as good as it could be by a certain time and um and then lots of reading and courses <laughs> yes because yeah. after you did the course writing picture books you then did the course at the Australian Writers Centre um writing books for children and young adults yeah so when did you know when you had your epiphany yes. <laughs> that you wanted to write picture books and books for young adults or did you just think I want to be a writer and didn't really matter what kind of writing what did yeah. you think I think I th- I I was thinking picture books. That was that was what I absolutely loved at the time. The um, digression into young adult was happened at six a.m. on a really rainy day, <laughs> and I just said to my husband, "Quick, get me my laptop. I want to write. I've got an idea." Um, and I actually thought it would be middle grade when I started to write it, uh-huh. and it developed into a much more sinister plot. <laughs> wow! Um, yeah. So, uh, and that was so much fun. So much fun to write. You really do have bolt of, bolts of lightning, don't you? I do, don't I? Yes. Yes. And, and I wouldn't say I'm like a hugely spontaneous. I'm not unspontaneous, <laughs> but I am not hugely spontaneous. But in the world of writing, everything has just hit me from the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So excited. So, why did you do the courses? Um, oh, because um, I hadn't done, you know, any sort of degree in literature or um, I didn't feel like I, well, I, I think I had insight into the fact that everything was a lot more complicated than it seems. When you read a really good picture book, for example, you really, it seems like it's so easy to do. Um but I had an inkling it wasn't and that there was a lot more to, to it behind the scenes that you needed to know to actually do it well. Mm. And so so I wanted to educate myself and give myself a good foundation to get going with. Um, and, yeah, I was really happy. And it really is often you go into things and you don't know what you don't know. And it's only when you start to do a course or speak to experts that you um, – and there are so many layers. And the more years you're at it, the more you uncover. And then you forget that you've learned it. It's just then there you know, to use. But uh, yeah, I was I was very keen to do it right from the beginning. And I think that you could, it's very, it would be very easy to spend a huge amount of time um, writing and writing, you know, really beautiful stories, but that don't quite hit the mark as, of publishable if you haven't really got that understanding of, of what makes successful picture books. Yes. Now you're a member of some critique groups, which means they critique your stuff and you critique their stuff. How uh, valuable is that for you? Oh, it's my world. Um, it's incredible, and I don't. I really don't think that um, I would have. Well, I don't know that it would have happened as quickly if I hadn't had the critique groups behind me to to give me that feedback, um, and and also the to give you the staying power for when the publishing contract hasn't come yet because, you know, it took three years and yeah. you think you're onto something but you need, you know, you have your ups and downs and you get your rejection slips and, and even if they're warm, you know, we think it's lovely but it's not quite right for our list, it's a real knockback and, and if you don't have people who understand that, you know, mm. your family can be beautifully supported but they don't know how it feels to have a rejection when you really truly believed in something. Yes. So, so a critique group really, um, my critique group particularly, they're my writing family. They, mm. they are the people that go, no, come on, get it out there again, send it to such yeah. and such, and see what they think it's worth pursuing. Mm. So, um, and it's nice to be able to be that for other people too. 
And so just tell us, I mean, I know the story, but I'd love our listeners to hear the story of how this uh, series of books um, made its way to bookshelves. If you can kind of just give us the potted timeline, if you know what I mean. Yes, yeah, yeah. So as as all other things have happened with my writing, it was a vault out of the blue. I was fast asleep in bed. <laughs> and um, it was only about 11.30. It wasn't super late, but I had been asleep. And I woke up, bolt upright, and the adrenaline through me was huge. And I woke, I woke my husband, I went, I've got it. I know, I've got it. It's your five. And I told him what my ideas were. for, And it was book five that came to me first. And he's there going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. So I wrote some notes into my iPhone and um, and sort of stayed sitting there for a little while and nothing else came. So I lay back down and then two minutes later, I sat bolt upright again. And so the, the story sort of came out in these little fits and starts. Every time I lay down, a bit more came. Oh, and um, and then so having written it, I just couldn't. I was like a cat on a hot tin roof for a couple of days until I could take <laughs> it to my critique group to get their feedback and see if they... <laughs> Thought it was as commercial, I guess, um, as as I did, because I'd written quite a few stories that had, had lovely feedback, but that were quiet. What editors tend to call quiet stories, that they're lovely, but there's not the hook for for people to want to reach for the shelf and buy if you're an unknown yes. author. So I was like, this is commercial. And um, and on my way back from one of the meetings with them, I was like, oh, my goodness, it's a series. I've got to write your one, your two, your three, your four. And they all flowed beautifully onto the page. They wanted to be written. They were so willing to, you know, yes. to go on. And, and, it, and it was um, writing it for one-year-olds was so much fun thinking about what was really important at one and and then as it built up and thinking about three and you know the triceratops and your three-legged races and all the <laughs> gorgeous things in life that fascinate three-year-olds and and so on and the um I was in a very fortunate position. I had spent those three years going to lots of conferences and, and networking with editors and having one-on-one -on -one consultations to get feedback. So I knew mm. the industry fairly well and the, and the main people at the big publishing houses. So I was able to um, either email it to them directly or um, meet with them at a conference that was happening very soon after I'd had the idea to pitch mm. it to them. Um, and the feedback was you know, unanimously excited about it which was great um and i also then did a speed literary speed um it's not dating what is it literary it's, well, not, maybe it's, it's like speed dating <laughs> literary <laughs> speed pitching session yes uh, where i met my lovely agent alex adset and um and that was interesting in itself because i'd actually was pitching my young adult novel um, and I'd done such a bad job of it, I thought, with, with one editor that I thought I really need to give this another go. So I saw Alex there and I went and, and pitched it to her and she was so lovely and encouraging. Yeah. And just I just got the sense that she was this beautiful person. Um, and I said, and I'd read her what she was looking for and she wasn't looking for picture books. And I just sort of said, you wouldn't be interested in hearing my pitch for my picture books, would you? And she said, yeah, yeah, tell me. And so I told her and she's like, oh, that sounds fantastic. And so we then got into a conversation and after, you know, a couple of phone calls, she agreed to represent me, which was very exciting. And the books went to um, a small auction. There were a couple of um, publishing houses interested in it. Um, so it was great to have an agent to manage that negotiation because I think I probably would have found it quite stressful if I hadn't had yes. who really knew what they were doing, walk me through it. Um, <laughs> this is such a great story, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. And um, and so Alan and Nunwin were, were really keen and sort of shared their vision for it with me. And, and then um, 
that, yeah, we decided to go with them. And it's been just so exciting since then to see Catherine Battersby, the beautiful illustrator, come on board and watch her bring it all to life with her amazing characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the books, it's they're just um, they they're just so clever and they're so beautifully written. But as you say, they're also very commercial. I mean, I always have my commercial hat on as well because when you've bought your one for a one-year-old, mm-hmm. chances are very high that the following year you're going to buy your two and then you're going to yeah. buy your three and yeah. so on. Because so yeah. they're going to have a long shelf life. Now. I know that you had you created a vision board for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me I did. about that because I love this story too. Yeah, so um, I was just at a um, play group with with a friend who had a business and was creating her own vision board. We sat at the table where the kids just cut and stick, you know, from magazines, and she's there. And I'm like, what are you up to? And she said, oh, I'm just creating a positive affirmation for myself. And I went, oh, I think I might do that. So I chopped up um, a few a few beautiful pictures of books and things. And then I wrote um, a great publishing contract. So I was never never aiming for just a publishing contract. Um, I wanted a great one. And I <gasps> um, I stuck it inside my, um, my tea cupboard because um, – one of the things that I will do when I'm chained to my desk is have multiple, multiple cups of tea. And, um, and I thought, well, every time I go for a cup of tea, I shall just remind myself that this is what I'm aiming for. And I really visualized it. And um, I've had success in the past, actually, with with just strongly believing in this is what's going to be. This yes. is what's happening in the future. Um, and it took a long, long time. And there are days, I'm sure, when I opened the cupboard and didn't even notice the vision board. But then there were days where I did. I would stand and look at it and go, yeah, this is what I'm aiming for. So, yeah. Did, did you have doubts? Did you have days that you just thought, I'm just kidding myself, this isn't going to happen? Yeah, little ones. But, do you know, I, I had so much pleasure from writing mm. that – that I would have, even if it had never amounted to anything, I think I would have stayed at it because it was like, unless my husband sort of said, you know, come on, seriously now, go and get a job. Mm. <laughs> I was having too much fun to, to stop. And I think I would have perhaps um, deviated from picture books and done a little bit, had a go at some more sort of chapter books, early readers and middle grade, maybe if, um, if I really did keep hitting a dead end with the picture books. But I think they are my sweet spot. I think they're what I really enjoy. And I love the age of children that you're writing for, for picture books there. It's that magical time in life where they really believe. And you've got this sort of, you know, it's such a blessing to be able to write for them when they are so influenced and, you know, so in love with what you do. It's, yeah, gorgeous. Now, I understand also that you had this goal to be a published author before you turned 40. Is yes. that true? <laughs> yes. And look, I've done it by about 10 years. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, so I turned 40 in September, so I've scraped in by a couple of months. Well done. I think it just goes to show the power of positive thinking, the power of setting goals and the power of believing in yourself and reminding yourself that this is really possible. I think that's the whole thing. You need to believe that it's actually possible. So this series is is gorgeous and it's been very successful in the short period of time that it's been out. Um, What's 
next for you? What have you got planned? Like, yeah, well, it's all it's all happening. I've got um, another book with um, that's coming out with Penguin Random House um, in the middle of next year, which is actually um, a slightly nonfiction book. It's called Blast Off, and it takes um, kids into space, and it's really funny. There's lots of humor in there, but it also they learn about each planet just by accident as they go as they go around the solar system. Um, so I think with, with this series, your one to your five, um, it's sneakily educational. There's a, yes. there's a learning all about number without realizing that that's what's happening. Um, and a bit of science, bit of geography and things in there as well. Um, with blast off, it's sneakily educational. They'll be, you know, giggling like crazy as they read the story, but they will also come away knowing a little bit about each planet, which is nice. And then, um, there's another book with Alan and Anwin uh, that's coming out later in 2018 that's called There's a Baddie Running Through This Book, and it's a really fun um, chase through the book. The, the child reads the book as if they're chasing the baddie through the book. Right. And that was that came about because of my son's obsession with one page of a library book that had a, a baddie <laughs> driving a van that had money falling out the back and a police car chasing after him, and he just wanted to go back to that page again and again. Can we see the baddie? Go back to the baddie. Mummy, look at the baddie. And I thought, I'm going to write a book about a baddie. <laughs> So, um, wow. and that's full of prepositions. Did he go up or down, through or around, yes. and things? There's, there's a sneaky bit of learning in there too, um, but so much fun. And each each um, each set of books is by illustrated by different illustrators, and that's yes. really fascinating to see. Yes. Um, ben Wood on Blast Off, and he's absolutely hilarious. So so funny, and there are layers to his humour. So um, kids will see things on the third read that they didn't see on the first read, which is uh -huh. really. And then um, Vivian Toe for the baddie and um, just starting to see her concepts come through now, which just look absolutely beautiful. So, yes, it's all, oh my yeah, goodness. great exciting. And we've just, um, oh no, I better not say that. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> so. <laughs> but there's, yeah, lots, lots in the works. Okay, so there's obviously something else happening as well, which is very, very exciting. It's like those two books already for 2018. It seems yep. that you're unstoppable at the moment. So it's just all happened and I cannot be happier for you. So I'm so thrilled and congratulations on this debut series and I have no doubt that there are going to be many, many more to come. Thank you. And thanks for your support. It's been absolutely fantastic and so lovely to chat to you. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. There you go, Shelley Unwin. And of course, if you are interested in doing the same course Shelley did, then um, it's writing picture books. You could just go to writercenter.com.au slash picture books. That's writercenter.com.au slash picture books. <laughs> now, that brings us to the end of our mini-sode this week. Where do we find you online, Al? Uh, you will find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You will find me on Twitter at, at altait, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you will find me on Facebook and Instagram at Writer. And you, Val, where do we find you? You will find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram, and feel free to connect with me on Facebook as well. And, of course, you'll find the show notes to everything that we have discussed in all of our episodes at soyouwanttobeawriter.com.au. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writerscentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more. 